You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about a very important event in the history of uh, We Hold These Truths. We conducted two vigils at Christian Zionist churches, one in Arvada, Colorado, and the other one was in Sacramento, California, at a very large Christian Zionist church called Capital Christian Center. In addition to the church, it's got a grade school, high school. There's a university there. They get them from cradle to grave, literally indoctrinate in Christian Zionism. In our report tonight, we're going to talk about what happened outside the vigils and also inside the vigils. We're very fortunate that uh, Craig Hansen, who's on the line with us, in addition to Chuck Carlson, the founder of WHTT, and we have Patty Ford, one of our veteran uh, vigilers here in California, and Travis Steele is one of our founders of We Hold These Truths, and uh, Glenn Lesnick uh, from Colorado. And I'm Tom Compton, the announcer here. So I think this is a really important important and significant report, and I think you'll understand when you hear Craig's report from inside what he called the war party, and I think you'll understand when we get to that. But first, I'd like to uh, turn it over to Chuck to talk about his vigil, and they had a very nice turnout. But the interesting thing before I turn it over to Chuck is these vigils can be from one person to we never usually get more than 20 or 25, so the numbers don't make a difference. Recently, Craig Hansen, and you can find this on our website, did a vigil at a, a Christians Unite for Israel event in San Jose, and he was the only person present, but he had significant results being there. So we generally get ignored, but sometimes people come out to talk to us, and that happened at our event in Sacramento, and I know it in Colorado because people had to cross the street to get into the church and run through the gauntlet of the vigilers from We Hold These Truths and also from Jewish Voice for Peace uh, joined us. Chuck? Yes, thank you. Uh, Faith Bible Chapel is one of the biggest churches in Colorado and a very, very wealthy church. It also has a campus school. It also has a campus mission organization that uh, operates off this large metropolitan campus northwest of Denver in Arvada, Colorado. And the interesting thing about this vigil is that uh, the, the event, uh, A Night to Honor Israel, started at 6 o'clock at night. Uh, and to give you an idea how we do the, the, these things, we notified the pastor and, the, and started notifying everybody we could think of around the church and in other churches two or three weeks before this event began, that we were going to be there. Uh, we told them that we were going to be in front of their church talking to their people. We told them what we were going to be talking about. And on the day of the event, we got there uh, two hours before it began because we know their practices. They have food and they have all kinds of uh, Israeli 
presentations going on and tables, and they sell T-shirts and so on and so forth, all about Israel. Inside the church, uh, as we went in, I walked in and just looked around, they, uh, they show Ariel Village, a picture of a settler's camp on top of a hillside in Palestine. It's actually a little city that uh, this church actually sponsors uh, the people in that city. So this is a very prominent Zionist organization. Now, we didn't hear what was going on inside, but we had a lot of insight about what Christian Zionism is all about from outside. Uh, probably 1,200 people walked by us, and uh, there were uh, 11 or 12, and I think maybe 13 at, at one time, uh, of us there. And uh, that included uh, three members of Jewish Voice for Peace who carried a big banner, uh, about eight feet long. It said, uh, not in our name, Jewish Voice for Peace. This had an impact uh, on, the, on the people that came. Uh, there were many Jewish people that came, some rabbis and uh, some very nasty Israelis who showed up and, and, and confronted these people. We had uh, literature to pass out, and that's a, a, a requisite if you have a church where you can reach people. And our piece of literature said this, facts for those attending tonight's celebration of Israel. We are gathered here outside of this church to provide you with a few facts about the Palestinian occupation and about the reasons why the United States has been engaged in continuous wars in the Middle East since January 21st, 1991. These wars, in addition to causing countless violent deaths and the current refugee disaster we see on national news, have resulted in several trillions of dollars of new U.S. debt, which will never be repaid. We want to remind you of Jesus' living message. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, uh, we don't know how many people took those uh, letters home with them in their pocket and read them and how much impact it will have on them, but we had several blessings as a result of being there. One of them, I'll, I'll kind of give the feelings that I had. One of them was several people who came out and actually sought me out and talked to me because what my role in this program was, was handing out these pieces of literature. And in the course of being there, uh, a well-appointed lady came out and she said, I've read this, and there's parts of it that seem to be true, she said, but I also believe what they're saying inside. Tell me, what you, can you say about this, and what do you say about that? And she started asking me questions. And I answered her, uh, answered her through two or three questions, and I said, I need to cut this off because you need to think for yourself. You know where our website is. You need to go there, and you need, to, in the quietness of your, of your own thoughts and prayers, you need to decide what's true for yourself. Think for yourself. Don't let that man inside think for you. Don't let me think for you. Think for yourself. Another man came out to see me who is a very prominent federal government employee at, at an extremely high level, and it so happens that he knew me in a prior life. In, in, in a long time ago. He somehow went to that church, got this piece of paper, saw my name, came out, shook my hand, and talked to me and said, and my, and my first reaction was, I thought of you a lot. Uh, would you like to have lunch? And he said, yes. So we're going to have lunch. We made an impact on those people. Another guy who we made an impact on, I could see it in his, in his eyes, was a big police sergeant about 6'4", I think, who was assigned to be there with us. He stood beside us all the time. He kind of protected us, acted very protective, because at one point he kind of had to interject himself between the people holding the banner for Jewish Boys for Peace and four 
very violent acting, I guess, Israelis probably from the tone of their voice and their accent, uh, if, I, if, I'm, if I read it correctly, who came out and attacked them. One of them had a yarmulke on. They were very Jewish, and they hated the presence of these peaceful Jewish guys who were holding the banner saying, not in our name. This police sergeant got between them. He slid in there and just made sure that nothing happened, and he listened very intently to what was said. And at the end of the, at the, end of the evening, he went out of his way to let us know that he had heard what we had to say. So you just don't know the people who you're going to have impact on uh, when you do these things, when you step out and go and do these things. Now, there's something very sinister inside this church because something that happened that we haven't seen very many times at churches. About a half hour after we began, we were passing out literature to almost everyone who was coming in. Most people were taking it. And a very well-appointed youngish woman, maybe 40, came out, and she took a stand on the sidewalk, and she began to shout at the people in a rather shrill tone of voice, but very professionally, as a really good salesman would do. And her words to the one were, don't take their literature. These people hate Jews. These people are here because they are against Israel. These people are here to demonstrate against us. Throw away the stuff they give you. She stood there for the whole time that we were there, more than two, maybe two and a half hours that she was actually there on her feet, on her high heels, in the faces of all these people, trying to prevent them from reading what we were handing out. Think of that, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to prevent them from reading what we gave them. What could they have to fear when they were carrying our literature inside of their reading? But this is the tone of what goes on in Zionist churches. And the words that we used that convinced people more than anything else, take what we handed them, was, think for yourself, we would say. Think for yourself. She would shout to them, don't take their literature. They're against Israel. And we would say, think for yourself. And quite a few people would make eye contact and take the literature. Yes, they wanted to think for themselves. There is hope where people will think for themselves. So that's my uh, commentary about the people on the outside at this giant Faith Bible Chapel. And uh, afterwards, by the way, we went up and we had a great dinner together, and there were uh, ten of us who made the dinner. It's good to do that. And uh, I think that everyone there that came would want to do this again. Well, thank you, Chuck. That was a, a fantastic report. And, of course, what these people would see as they go in would be controversial signs like, Choose life, not war. Blessed are the peacemakers. Who would Jesus bomb? Big picture of Palestine on a cross, bloody cross. Okay, well, thanks. Now, we want to go inside one of these events, and uh, we're going to have Craig come on next. But before we do that, I'd just like to make a few comments about our experience. Now, this Capital Christian Church is on a big campus, 14 acres, I understand. And uh, it was a drive-in church. So we only had a few people that actually walked up to us. But we had some interesting interactions. One young man that appeared to be questioning and looking for answers, he took our literature, and we had a a nice dialogue with him. I mean, it was back and forth. In most cases, in these events, they avoid avoid, uh, us or even talking to us, or they're very combative 
accusing us of not being followers of Jesus Christ. That's the easiest way for them to fluff us off. These signs are very, very powerful. And I'd like Craig to talk about what happened inside the event, because this really is eye-opening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thanks, Tom. As you mentioned before, I've been to uh, several of these KUFI events, and but I have to say that this, this one really uh, impacted me harder than any of the others. I'm going to just kind of give an overview of it. I'm, I'm writing up a, a paper on what my experience was um, being in there. Uh, it's not quite done yet, so this is kind of just the overview and kind of the highlight. I'd like to start by uh, reading Psalm 82, verses 2 through 4. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. And I, I hate to say this as my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I, I see them just supporting wickedness in the name of Jesus. And what I witnessed uh, this night to honor Israel, it was a very elaborate a war rally, and I, I call it a PSYOP event. And I, I, I wanted to look up that definition of a PSYOP, and it says the psy- a psychological operation are planned operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives, objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. And when I saw that definition, I go, this is exactly what I was witnessing going on in this supposedly Christian church. Uh, I'd, I'd, never, I'd never seen anything like this before. In all the other Kufi events I've been to, Jesus gets left outside of the church building. Uh, he was only mentioned as leaving footprints. I've, I've been there and, and walked, to the, walked in the, where Jesus walked. I mean, that's, he gets credit for that. And then also uh, one of the end, end of the prayers was, in the name of the God of Israel, and Yeshua, Amen. So he he did get a little little credit in there. When I walked into the auditorium, the first thing I noticed was two huge flags uh, next to each other on the back wall of the stage: the United States flag being to the left and the Israeli flag to the right. And they, they, the flags were huge. I mean, they looked to be about uh, 40 feet by 20 feet in size, hung vertically on the wall. But what caught my attention was that the American flag was hung backwards. The stars, what's called the Union, should have been on the upper left, but it was hung to be on the upper right as if the American flag, from being uh, uh, horizontal, when it goes to vertical, as if it were bowing down to the Israeli flag. Was that by accident? I don't, I don't think so. There were probably six to 700 people in attendance. And this, this is by far the largest uh, gathering uh, I've, ever, I've ever been to. And... The amount of half-truths and deceptions were, were overwhelming. And I'm going to start with a letter that was sent to Kufi by the mayor and the city council of Sacramento. And I, I want you to listen to this wording, and because that was a tip-off to me is, is who wrote this. In part, it stated, whereas Israel stands as a beacon of democracy in the Middle East, and whereas Israel is a tried and trusted ally in the United States, and whereas our sister city has periodically come under attack by scores of missile attacks aimed at its Christian, Jewish, and Muslim civilians. Whereas the ordeal of those civilians was alleviated by shelters, hospital equipment, and other forms of aid provided by Sacramento's Christians United for Israel, 
Now be it resolved by the Mayor and Council of the City of Sacramento that we do hereby appreciate the work of Christians United for Israel and recognize October 11, 2015 as their night to honor Israel. When this document was read, it was accompanied with cheers and applause by the audience, as you can, you, you can imagine. What wasn't communicated was that this ceremonial document, which is what it's called, uh, was probably solicited by Kufi themselves. I went to the city of Sacramento's mayor website and found out that you can apply for a ceremonial document request and even provide the wording to be placed in that document, but you just have to allow four weeks for processing. The document talked about Sacramento's sister city of Ashkelon, in Israel. And so I did a little research on that and found out that Victor Stursky of Kufi, uh, who was on the worship team and we've, we've uh, encountered him before, Victor was one of the key players in getting that sister city resolution passed by the city council. And, uh, and by the way, Hamas has, they have rockets and not missiles, but that's beside the point. On the agenda next was uh, Dumasani Washington. We've, we've heard him, uh, before, excellent musician, a, a black pastor that teaches on, uh, the, the diversity for Kufi, and he got up to give the, uh, the biblical mandate to support Israel. And the way he did this was, this is something different I hadn't seen before. He had the audience read aloud scriptures from two huge screens placed in front of the auditorium on both sides of the stage. And since the readings of the scriptures were taken out of context and the people were reading them out loud, it made the case for God said it, I believe settles it for me, all the more effective because they're engaging in the scripture that supports his point, which were taken out of context. And uh, again, more, more of a, what I call a psyop. Then we had a Kufi on campus video. It was shown to demonstrate how important it is for Kufi to be on campuses and bring the truth about what's really taking place in Israel. And it was, it was set on the UC Berkeley campus. And the, the actor or the, the person was waving an ISIS flag to get responses from the students passing by. He made comments like, ISIS is fine, it's the United States imperial policies that's causing the problems, and just getting different responses from, from the students. And what was, what was interesting about this, the way it was done, and again, back to the psyops, he would tell the truth but put it in the form of a lie so when you hear the truth from another source, it's automatically dismissed as a lie. I don't know if, I know if you follow me there, but he, they would, he would put out some truth about our, our foreign policy causing problems, but he would do it in such a way that he's, well, he's, he's for ISIS, so that's not, that can't be true. And then he, then he put up an Israeli flag and was waving that around and getting all kinds of comments from students. And the, the students were uh, attacking the policies of the state of Israel, and so... It was showing, well, obviously, if the students are attacking it, they, they must be the ones that are messed up. And it was just white as black, black as white, that same thing that we've seen over and over again. And then the uh, next on the agenda was uh, Jessica Marzuko, who is the uh, Kufi on campus Western Regional Coordinator. She came on stage to tell uh, what the Zionist students are facing in getting their message out, you know, after this UC uh, video thing. And several points uh, from her talk really jumped out at me. She said over and over, probably uh, ten times or more, she used this mantra, support for Israel and the Jewish people. Support for Israel and the Jewish people. It was always Israel and the Jewish people. It wasn't just Israel by itself or the Jewish people by themselves. It was always Israel and the Jewish people. 
and she used that phrase over and over and over again. And for me, what that phrase connotes is that if you're for the Jewish people, you must be for Israel, totally marginalizing any uh, anti-Zionist Jews or like Chuck, like you were talking about, the Jewish force for peace, or any Jewish person who is appalled by the conduct of the Israeli state. Uh, the phrase also brings with us the accusation of being anti-Semitic if you're not for Zionism. Thus, it stifles uh, dissent from, from either side. And uh, when, I, when I mentioned that PSYOP nature of the meeting, it was clear from Jessica's presentation especially. I mean, she, she said that she has spoken at many divestment hearings at student body campuses and meetings of all, all the – she's like the Western uh, Coordinating Director for Kufi on campus. And she says most of the people speaking had been fed lies and had their narratives hijacked by those who hate Israel. And she gave an example of the Native Americans were told that Israel stole the land from the Native population, and then African Americans were told that Israel persecutes its minorities. Then she'd mix in some obvious lies, so once again, the listener would lump all the accusations together with the, the lies and the truths and dismiss them all as fabrications. And then she said, this, this was the corker, she said, I love the God who loves the Jewish people, so you love who he loves. And everyone applauds and, and claps and all this. And I go, what happened to John 3:16, where God so loved the world? You know that that wasn't that wasn't to be said there. And then we get to uh, the get the the head speaker, Eric Stakelback of uh, CBN, which uh, Christian Broadcasting Network. Uh, he was the featured speaker, and I'll I'll, I'll make this uh, kind of wrap this up here. Stakelback quotes uh, Victor Sturzky again, because I, I guess Victor was on the the board that that got uh, Eric Stakelback to come out, and he quotes uh, Victor saying. Sacramento is a stronghold for the Christian pro-Israel movement and is a very Kufi-friendly city. And uh, I said, to, you know, yeah, too bad we were raining on the parade being outside, outside there, Tom, with our, with our signs and so forth. But the, the last time I saw the word stronghold was used uh, was in 2 Corinthians 10.4, where it says that our, the weapons of our warfare are not against the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to, the, to obey Christ. And, uh, again, you, you made the comment, Tom, that this definitely was a war rally, uh, and Stakelbeck was really the cheerleader. His speech had two bookends, and I'm just going to describe the bookends, and I'll, we'll fill it in at a later time. The first bookend went like this. You are not here tonight by coincidence, but you're here for such a time as this obvious reference to God's providential hand on Esther raising her up so that the Jews could destroy all the Persians who wanted uh, to annihilate the Jews in the 5th century B.C. Iran. Then he, he goes on talks about Iran and the bomb and Hamas and Hezbollah and, and you know, on and on and on because he's the, he's the terrorist advisor. He even, get, he even got Putin in there a little bit. And the, the last bookend that which kind of after his presentation he ended it. Now folks you're telling me a regime with that mindset and that worldview and that little regard for human life would not use a nuclear weapon? Look, some 75% of the Israeli population lives in and around the Tel Aviv metropolitan area. In many ways, Israel is a one-bound country. They will use it again. When evil men, evil exists, when evil men 
tell you they are going to kill you again and again and again and are trying to acquire the weapons to kill you and are providing those weapons to others like Hezbollah and Hamas who want to kill you. You should get the memo. Folks, when a great evil rises up, it must be snuffed out in the early stages. Whether it's ISIS or Iran, we've allowed it to metastasize. So that's Stakelbeck's final solution is, is to stuff out the Iranians before they do so to you. And I, I somehow I think that's backward to uh, Jesus' golden rule. So to say that I was I was overwhelmed by this is, is an understatement. I, to be to hear this kind of rhetoric coming in the Christian church, where we're to honor and worship the Prince of Peace, to love those who persecute us, to do good, to do good to our enemies. I mean, I was just I was just blown away by this whole thing. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.